Also, I want to thank everyone for tuning on the Fridays for the True House Stories Takes Over Your Box. We've been doing it at 12 p.m. out of New York City, and it's going really well. I got to thank all of you for tuning in, and we're not stopping. It's an every Friday thing. Stay with it. We want to keep you there. This week, we got Ralphie D. from Odyssey 2001 as our guest, and we're excited for this Friday. Here we go. Welcome to True House Stories. I am Lenny Fontana coming out of Nueva York, New York City. And I have to say, we're taking it west once again to the Windy City, where great records are made. Fantastic baseball team, Chicago White Sox plays. And also the beginning of a concept called House Music came out of made famous from Chicago and New York with two great DJs, Frankie Knuckles and Larry LeVan. And of course, a host of a hell of a lot of great DJs, chosen few and all that. And that's why I want to bring this brother up and I'm going to bring him up in a second. And when I mentioned chosen few, he's part of what I call the chosen few. You hear his voice and so many records that he's touched over a 35 year. Oh my God, it's like 35 years this man's been going, maybe longer. And we're going to hear, he's probably going to correct me. And when I say he's a personal friend, I really mean he's a personal friend because we hung out over the years at different times. It's not always we get together, but I'll tell you what, when we do, we laugh. We all just laugh and we reminisce and we talk about what's coming up in front. He's, he's got a voice that, you know, you hear him on the track. You go, Christ, that's the man. You know who it is right away. I mean, you go, oh, my God. And the joints are the bomb. And one record I used to rock hard, God made me funky. Hard. Of course, I've done the stuff on the fact that he's touched. I also know about his acid house days, but he's going to tell you more about that. I'd like to welcome up to True House Stories, and it's a pleasure to bring this brother on. Mr. Mike Dunn from Chicago. Seize yeah. up, baby. Seize up. All right. Seize <laughs> up. That means shot town, baby. Shot. It all makes sense later. That's <laughs> the way it all is, man. It's just like that. The voice, the DJ, all of it. The producer, the record mogul. You're the man. man. Hey, man. I'm just. As my brother Gershon would say, I'm just a small piece of the puzzle, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on, man? How you living, baby? Tell us man, how. Man, I'm living it. like a villain, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just chilling. You, you need, man. I'm staying in the studio, working, traveling, and you know, doing what I do. How does it feel that even after all this time, you're still in such great demand? Isn't it a beautiful feeling? Uh, yeah, it's a resurgence. You know, it uh, feels good, and that's that that partially, and and the fact that it has a lot to do with the resurgence of Mike Dunn. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Did Mike Dunn ever leave? You know, like okay, yeah, yeah I had left the house thing because that, you know. After the 90s, going into the 2000s and stuff, remember, House just took a crazy turn. 
start getting harder, faster, harder, harder. You know, it it wasn't the same for me. Like go do parties, hey, faster, faster, faster. Like man, it's already one twenty eight. How fast you want me to go, bro? <laughs> faster, <laughs> fast. So at that point, I just took a step back, and I was also doing the rap stuff. You know, I the, people don't know that I've been doing rap as long as I've been doing house almost, but because they weren't checking for Chicago back then, it was it was all New York. You dig what I'm saying when it came to rap? So, you know, not until, you know, Twister and Crucial Conflict and Do or Die and all them start getting some light shined on they were kind of taking us serious on the on the rap side but i had always been producing rap so when i stepped away from house i directly stepped into the hip-hop thing which is how to you know how to you know how puff came about with oh wait wait, let's wait let's back up wait wait we're too far but that's all right first question let me just ask let me ask this how does music find, because this is what this show is about, and then you're going to paint that picture. How does music find you as a young Mike Dunn, the kid? And then you can take us through the... Man. hear about that story of the early Man. part. I mean, music's always been around me, and I've always been around music because of my dad and my mom. Now, the house was divided on music. My dad was more like if it was Motown, my dad liked the Temptations. My mom liked the Four Tops. You know what I'm saying? And so me getting, you know, me being around music, my dad listened to a lot of stuff. He listened to jazz, rock. You know, I grew up in a house where, you know, like still today, Led Zeppelin is my favorite rock. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then, you know, I listen to jazz from Basie to, you know, to to uh, Duke Ellington to, and that part came from my, came from my father's side. My mom was more into the dance stuff. So that's why I got, you know, she Commodore's Brick House, all that stuff. So that's why I got the disco stuff from. Cause my dad hated disco. My mom was disco fanatic. You know what I'm saying? But I would always go to the record store with my mom. I never went to the record store with my dad. And my mom would always take me on Fridays with her. We were living in a Robert Taylor homes. It was uh at the time it was all torn down now. But at the time, the Lord Development Homes in in South Side of Chicago which is now considered Bronzeville and then beyond going further south. So I would always, she would always take me to the record store. Record store was like right up under the L tracks. When we say L tracks, that's the, the L for us is the, the train. So it's the public transportation thing, right? You know, You're talking about the elevated lines, it's above, right? Not right, in- right, right. No, but it goes down. Right. 
but we just called it a L. You know what I'm saying? So don't know why, but it's like, man, I'm finna get on the L. I'm finna get on the L. I'm finna get on the And when you say getting on the show, that mean you getting on the bus. That's Shot Town slang. You did. So you getting on the show, you getting on the bus. You getting on the L, you getting on the train. So it was right up under the L on 43rd. And uh, she was taking me to this record store all the time. And I would go there and watch her just basically pick records out she liked and lady would bring out a stack and these all the new records and then she would play them off 45. My mom would be like, do you got the long version of this? But they didn't call it 12 inches at, the, at that time. It was, man, you got the long version, got the long version. So she like, oh yeah, yeah, I got the long version. Now. One of them I remember like it was yesterday was Anita Ward ring my bell when she got the 12 inch for that. And she brought that home, rocked it. And uh, another one was uh, uh, Knock on Wood. So my mom would always buy 12 inches of records. My dad would buy the albums. My mom always wanted the long versions. So took more toward that because, you know, in the house, I would, my mom would always have me dance. Well, I hope we still have him. It's always that internet that does it every time. And the story's getting good. Hang on. Right. We lost you at mom would play the Anita Ward and you would gravitate that way. Right. So mom would play the, the uh, Anita Ward, and, and she would play, you know, the knock on wood and all them 12 inches like that. And, you know, so always had music in the house. We always had music in the house. It was me and my five sisters. So we, 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 we grew up in a house where it was music. I mean, we was in the projects and my dad had like the coldest sound system in the projects. It was like Bose 901 speakers, you know, the ones that look like home plate. And we had those. We had Sansui and Dynaco amps, had Revox real to real. Yeah, you know, it was, it, I've always grew up around it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Like the best shit to hear his stuff on. It's like the nine right. active EQ is incredible. Right, right. So, you know, and, and man, it was just like, hey man, Mike Dunn. Well, I'm junior. So Michael Dunn, you know, they would call my dad Big Mike. So in the building, he was known as Big Mike. I was little Mike. So you knew that growing up as a kid, that's what how I was known, except to my friends, I was booed on. You know, Gershon, like I said, Gershon Jackson, we've been friends since, oh my God, I was like 12, he was 10, and we've been, and still friends, brothers today, you know what I'm saying? So that's been my brother since I've been a, you know, that, it, it's rare. You know what I'm saying? That people still friends from, Childhood, child, childhood. 
not teenagers. I mean, we were, this was four teenagers, and we still friends. Grammar, grammar school brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I won't tell you the nicknames, but (laughs) they was cruel to us as little kids. That's part of it, bro. You know that. Yeah. And then you have to fight to get known. So go ahead. Right. So, so you run, I know you're I know you ran those streets. No joke. I know you ran the streets. Well, that was later on. I would have to skip the teenage years because see, you know, I thought I was gonna be uh actually either star football player or star baseball player because I was good at sports. So when I finally went to high school, which was Dusabo High School, uh, the Panthers, Dusabo on 49th and uh, Wabash, uh, you know, I was heavy into sports. So the music thing was on the back burner because, like I said, I was I was known for being, you know, star high school athlete player in high school, especially in football, you know. And uh, so I thought that was going to take off, but I couldn't get into no Division One schools because I was a knucklehead. I would stay in and try to get my grades right. <laughs> but I could write good. <laughs> my pivotship was dope, but you know, I, wait, 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 wait. You got an A, <laughs> wait, you got an A for penmanship and what was yeah. great? And a, and a D just because you write good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Gershaw was the small one out the bunch. But Gershaw wanted to be smart. Gershaw wanted to be good at sports and all that stuff. But Gershaw was the, the, the whiz kid. Eventually, he learn how to play and became a star high school athlete playing basketball. But, you know, I was the, you know, I had all the skills in the sports and the writing. And Sean, basically, he was, uh, you know, he was book smart. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, he looked so, up to me, so it was like, he wanted so, to do everything his big bro do. So you would have been a you would have been with maybe Chicago White Sox or New York Yankees or something. Uh, something like that, you know. Uh, I was, I was in high school. I was better at football than I was in baseball. So I would have said I would have did the football, the pro football thing, because I was, you know, I was going up against, you know, I was still in high school and going up against, you know, uh, cornerbacks because I was wide receiver. Then I was small, thin, too light to fight. Then, so I was going up against, you know, Big Ten, Wisconsin, cornerbacks and things like that. And I was, I was burning. He was like, man, this, this, Man, this kid is, man, this kid gonna be special. But like I said, the grades, and then I had to go to a, you know, to a JV, which I went to Wright Junior 
college here in, in, in uh, Illinois. And my last year of high school is when I started picking up the DJ thing. And that, that was because of going to the parties, seeing, uh, which was, you know, I know he stirs up a lot, but he's a part of my history and I, I can't, you know, what you don't do is you don't try to write somebody out of history. But Leonard Roy, Leonard Remix and Roy, he was like one of my biggest influences when I was coming up as a DJ, him and Farley, which was Farley, at the time, he was Farley Funk and Keith. This was before Farley Jack Master Funk and Farley King of Happen, all of other names, pseudos he came about. But it was Farley Funk and Keith, and it was Leonard Remix of War. And they used to always go to this basement with me and Tyree. Now, this is where, when I got in high school, I moved with my grandma. And she stayed in Inglewood. So when my Uncle Steve passed, which was her brother, she was at the house by herself. My granddad had passed when I was young, like maybe three, four years old. So I really never got to you know, know him. But Uncle Steve was always at the house. So when we would go over, me and my sisters and all that, we'd go over at my grandma house for Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that. We always go to her house in Englewood and do the thing. And and that's how I end up moving. When I went to my second year of high school, I ended up moving with her, my grandma in Englewood. And that's how me and Tyree ended up meeting because I was living on Justine. Tyree was living on Laughlin. And then BTO, which was the crew of DJs and Leonard Roy, Farley, all of them come over there and make their tapes. And uh, that was on Bishop. So it was in a three-block span. Justine, Laughlin, Bishop. And so Ty ended up meeting them, and I went over there. Ty took me over there. I'm Leonard over there. I'm making his edits and things like that. So I'm watching all this. I'm 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 in amazement. You know, Leonard was actually doing an edit of uh, one more rhyme, and that queso. That was like like one of still today one of my favorite 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 crazy songs. What turned me on the house was around the corner on Marquette was my other friend which his name was Todd. And Todd's brother used to party at the warehouse, the original warehouse on Jefferson with Frankie. And he would always have these Frankie mixes. So every time I come over his house, he'd have this song playing. And it was, it was loose joints. Is it all over my face? And I was like, man, this, it's what it just it's, it became affectionate. It because at first I didn't I hated. It. I was like, man, this chick sound like she drunk on drugs, and you know, as a kid, you know, I'm all my Michael Jackson and all that. You know what I'm saying? Who is this? 
And I was like, man, she sounds. But every time I came over, he was playing this one Frankie to set he had. And he played and played and played. And that's what made me start liking the, the, the I would say, that was the garage sound to me. You know what I'm saying? Because of Frankie being from New York and coming to Chicago, you know, that's a whole big thing where, you know, we, you know, New York and Chicago get get to going at each other a little bit about the thing. We gave it the name, but, you know, for me and my recollection, if you talk about the early households, they would, Baselines we did over of, you know, like the brawl and the the doom 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 Godfather allows me the Jesse Simons, the on and on was a bootleg edit record that was done in New York which was on Big Apple Records, which was the on and on. Dun, 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 dun. But the original had Funky Town and had um, had Donna Summer's uh, Bad Girl, the toot toot, beep beep, toot toot, beep beep. So when we saw that record at Imports, et cetera, me and Tyree and all of us, it was like, man, Jesse putting it out because Jesse used to play it. And when Jesse and Farley played it, the record was blacked out. So we never knew what the record was. So they had completely marked it out, marker, took a marker and blacked it all out. So when Jesse said he was putting that record out, that's what we thought that he was putting that on and on out. So we went to the, I went to the record store. I got two copies, came home. Went to Tyree House, because most of the time, either we had the equipment at Tyree's house or we had it at our friend Arnaire, and he, we called him Pinocchio. Or we had it in Pinocchio's basement, which was me, Tyree, and Hugo, H. So, went there, put it on. Ha, 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 ha. I was like, oh, my. No! This ain't it. This ain't it. So we were very upset that that wasn't the on and on record. And what we did was we flipped it over and he had the beat tracks on there. So we salvaged, we was like, okay, at least it got the track. At least these tracks sound good. But the on and on ain't the on and on we want. So that's how all the 1A, 3A, 4A, all those tracks, <laughs> excuse me, all those tracks became house classics because we wasn't messing with all of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, you know, he my chosen feet brother. <laughs> we, 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 wasn't, we wasn't messing with that. Yeah, in those days, it wasn't the only thing back then. It was a competitive thing back then. Everybody, I know that. Right. New York was the same thing. Right. We didn't, I mean, it was just, you know, the house... Progress for us because it, 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 remember, it, 
before we even called it house, we were preppy in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So we were listening to all the all the Italiano disco and things like that. The early I See Love Affair and all of those joints, which were before the house records. You know what I'm saying? That's it, it was, you know, the prelude or some say prelude or, you know, just come on, stop. And, and all, you know, it was so. Like I said, my bro, Jesse Saunders, he said first house record. But for a lot of us, and I, Jesse hates when I do this. A lot of us, for me, the first house record for me was Chip E, his house. That's when I consider it being true house. You know what I'm saying? Because On and On was a remake of a record that was already out. On and On from, you know, his house was his house. It was time to jack, baby. <laughs> Tyree's in the house screaming. I'm glad he can hear me screaming in my phone. I'm loving this. But I want to ask you something so this is close to my heart. And don't get upset, okay? A lot of us felt Timmy Rudderfoot and Boy Jarvis with the Music's Got Me visual would be considered the first house record. No. That's what we, we a lot of us think. A lot of us feel. No. The <laughs> only no. reason I say that, because of the timing, and the, and it was all electronic. No, it, it wasn't even... See, we gave it the name. So you can't say it's the first house record if you weren't even calling it house. So how can you say it's the first house record when you never gave it that name? We gave it the name. That's why it's the birthplace, Chi-Town, Chicago, is the birthplace of house music because we are the ones that gave it the, what's this they playing? Oh, this house music. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, I'm not disagreeing. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. No, no, no. I mean, we were playing. We were playing. The music got me. You know what I'm saying? Bring it up. That's all. No, no, no. We were playing. The music got me before all of that. You know what I'm saying? We were playing that. You know, Farley had the famous blend, which was music's got me when it go do, 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 do. And you take the jive beat tracks which most people say uh, 119, but the tempo was actually 117. That's correct. It you was, know what I'm saying? It was slower. <laughs> yeah, right. It was slower than so, they had there 119, right. but it was right. slower. It was, 119. Right. it was actually 117. So, Terry Hunter, what's up? Everybody, Terry Hunter's up right. here too. Man, what up, T? So, you know, that was the famous who, 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 do, 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 Move your body. Those were the BMX days, and that was coming out of the Italiano stuff. 
But the house, we they were working it out then. That was the Steve Hurley, the Chip E, the Joe Smooth, the the Jesse Saunders, the you know, that's the first wave. That those were the big roles to us, which was Tyree, Tyree, you know, uh uh Hugo, um, you know, Byron and all them were the first waves of the Marshall Jefferson, all, all, all you know what I'm saying, MJ, all that was the those were the big roles for us. So when we say innovators, innovators, that was the first right. generation of innovators, right? Right, right, right. I mean, Marshall. Steve was doing his thing. Chip was doing his thing. Uh, uh, did I say Steve? Yeah, Hurley was doing his thing. Chip was doing his thing. Jesse and them were doing their thing. And Jesse and them were doing a lot of Jeff with uh, Dwayne, Buford, and all them. They were doing more of the, you know, fast cars and all that stuff. They were all into that. <laughs> Even though they did some house stuff too, but that's where they were. Marshall, when he was staying out west, and then Tyree and all of us, me, Tyree, and Tyree take me over there, and we go to Marshall's house, all the keyboards on the floor, Marshall producing stuff on the floor. <laughs> Marshall was the, to me, Marshall is the G-O-D of house music, bro. I mean, it's all the Virgo tracks, all the, 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 Marshall did so many things that he didn't even take credit for or put his name on or any, you know, like me, Tyree, and Hugo, you look at Marshall's documentary, we were the first one to play Move your body before he took it down the run to the music box. He brought it to us first. We were at the Sheba, which was now Mr. G's on 87th and Ashley. But he brought it to us first, and we wasn't no vocals. Uh, you know, he just had move your body on it. What Kurt wasn't even on the track yet. It was just still in raw demo form. And me and Hugo, to this day, we just try to find that cassette. And I found it. And then when I moved, I lost it again. So I, I got to look through all these cassettes because, uh, but we, you know, it, it it's, you know, hey, but music's got me? No. Okay. We didn't, go, we didn't call that no house. All right. So <laughs> you have also at the same time because you meant you didn't mention him either, and I haven't been hearing any of the fellas mention him. Larry Heard, Mr. Fingers. Where is he? Oh, Larry. Oh yeah. See, it's Woo, Larry. he's no. another big, a big. Yeah, key yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I come on. Forgive me, bad boy. <laughs> I'm just a bad boy. <laughs> but yeah, I, Jamie. You know, I could go. I could go on Jamie Principal. If you want to do, if you don't want to do Chip E as the first house record, you got to say Jamie Principal. With you know your love, which was it didn't get out until afterwards. Please search for part two of this podcast. 
on the platform you're watching or listening to. And please do not forget to follow us.